Back to Ocala, where police are continuing to investigate a fiery crash. And as Megan just mentioned, this all happened around 830 last night along Southeast 36th Avenue and 15th Street. Let's choose Tony Atkins is there now this morning and Tony, police have been there for hours. Yeah, it's been about 10 hours. Officers are still here on the scene. And as you can see behind me, both sides of this road is closed off. I'm going to give you a live look. This is what we can see right now. Um, there appears to be, uh, you could kind of make out the spot where this crash may have happened, but just up the road there, you can see the car that uh, police say was involved in this accident. This was an accident between that car and an SUV. And this is uh, Southeast um, 13th place um, between Southeast 13th place and Southeast 17th Street. They're now closed and investigators again tell us this was a crash between a car and an SUV. Now officers, when they made it here, they say the car was swallowed in flames and two people, a man and a woman inside the car died. Ocala police say that the man was thrown from the car because of the impact. And they also tell us that the driver of an SUV was a teen. Police say that they had uh, serious injuries and they were taken to the hospital. Hospital. Now, right now, it's unclear exactly what led up to this deadly crash. As you can see here, police continue to investigate that. And as soon as we get updates from them, we'll be sure to have updates for you. For now, reporting live in Ocala, Tony Atkins, West 2 News. All right, Tony. In Orlando, the flames are out, but firefighters are still hard at work at a car dealership on West Colonial Drive at Mercy Drive. Well, she's Bob Hayson is there live this morning, and Bob, fire crews were called out to this location around 2 o'clock this morning. Yeah, and they are still out here this morning just checking on spots throughout this dealership to make sure that there are no more problems. This is the Orlando Dodge Chrysler Jeep dealership, and you can see back there, there's still one fire truck sitting there next to the building. And I want to show you some video from earlier this morning when we had the firefighters actually going up on top of the roof of this dealership looking for more hot spots, possibly any more damage caused by this fire. But they also have two holes that had to be cut into the side of this building, and there's soot lines basically running all the way down the length of the building. This appears to be the area where they do service on vehicles inside the dealership, the back part of this dealership. We, from what we can tell, at least out here uh, outside of the dealership, we don't see any cars that have been damaged out in the lot. So we don't know, though, how many vehicles were inside that service area or whether anyone was here at the time of this fire. The Orlando Fire Department hasn't said yet whether they have any idea about what started this fire either or whether anyone was hurt. But again, the fire does appear to be out at this point. So that's good news. Right now, they're just in the process of investigating what might have caused this fire and also watching out for any other spots that might uh, flare up from the earlier flames. Reporting live in Orlando, Bob Hazen, West 2 News. All right, Bob, this morning we are waiting to learn more about a shooting that sent one person to the hospital in Orlando. It happened yesterday, after uh, yesterday afternoon near Colonial Drive and John Young Parkway. Officers have not released the extent of the victim's injuries or if they've identified any suspect. This week marks one year since a shooting spree in Orange County that rocked the community. Five people were shot, three died, including Natasha Augustin, nine-year-old Tiana Major in her Pine Hills home, and local news reporter Dylan Lyons just a block down the street. From that terrible day grew West 2 Saving Our Streets reporting initiative. Join us tomorrow as we continue this work highlighting how our community is combating violence by building up our young people. Saving Our Streets, a Project Community Special airs tomorrow night at 7.30 on WASH 2.
In Seminole County, another crash involving a train, this time in Longwood. Chopper 2 was over the scene yesterday evening. This is along Ronald Reagan Boulevard, north of State Road 434. We're told two people were in the SUV and about 70 people were on the train. No one was hurt. This crash happened exactly one week after another crash involving a train in Sanford. Now, these incidents were about 11 miles apart, both involving Sunrail. A woman has died while in custody of the Orange County Sheriff's Office. Officials say they got a call around 3 yesterday morning along Crystal Glen Boulevard near John Young and Central Florida Parkway. They say the woman was throwing a large paver stone through the window of a home. They say she started fighting with deputies and as they tried to secure her, then she became unresponsive. She died at the hospital. FDLE is investigating and the deputies involved are on administrative leave. Flagler County Commissioners are considering ending an agreement with the school district which would defund school resource deputies. For the last decade, Flagler County has paid about $1 million each year to help fund the 14 school resource deputies for campuses across that county. One county commissioner told us it's time to reassess the agreement because extra funding is needed for things like roadway infrastructure and beach management. As we start to grow into a larger county, we need to rethink how things have been done in the past and and have a better plan for support of our functions. We're going to risk the safety and security of the students in Flagler County over discussion of a million dollars. Now, Flagler County Sheriff Rick Staley says this was short sighted. He says student safety should be a top priority and the county will have formal discussions with the district about this at a later date. Nothing is going to a vote just yet. Some heartbreaking developments this morning out of Texas. A missing 11-year-old girl has been found dead. Let's bring in Sonica Dange now. And Sonica officials say that a friend of the little girl's father will be charged with her murder. Yeah, guys, this is Audrey Cunningham. Her body was found in a river yesterday in Livingston, Texas. A dive team found her about 10 miles away from her home. She was reported missing Thursday when she never made it home from school. The county district attorney is now preparing an arrest warrant for 42-year-old Don McDougal. He's already in custody on unrelated aggravated assault charges. Officials say McDougal is a friend of Audrey Cunningham's father and lives in a trailer on their property. My heart aches with this news, and I express with my deepest sympathies and condolences to everyone who knew, who cared for, and loved Audrey. The medical examiner will now perform an autopsy to determine exactly how she died. Mayor. Sonica developing this morning. A little girl has died and a boy is fighting for his life after the children fell into a sand hole and were trapped. This all happened at Lauderdale by the sea yesterday afternoon. The five-year-old girl died shortly after the rescue. Now, witnesses said that the children were digging the hole and just playing around before the ground gave way. The seven-year-old boy remains in critical condition. A Coe City leader say drivers are speeding through school zones too often. Now they want to install cameras to catch them. Let's bring in traffic expert Megan Mackey and Megan, a Coe leader, leaders here are considering this test program as a way to crack down on the school zone speeders. Yeah, that's right. And they're mainly focusing on an area around Clark Road. Citrus Elementary and a Coe Oaks preschool are close by. The city already has red light cameras installed in that area and would use the same vendor for the school zone cameras. Now a pilot program is being considered so that city leaders can see how effective the cameras are six months after they're installed. The, the difference between this and a red light camera, though, which we're trying to keep in mind, is these can only operate for a short period of time each day, and the cost of the camera, 
the state takes a big chunk. We have to run the program. We have to do all the billing and everything. So if we were going to start with something, we'd definitely recommend one just to see, you know, if it's actually paying for itself. Drivers going faster than 30 miles per hour would face a fine. The acting chief says he'll come back to commissioners next month with more data when they continue discussing the proposed ordinance. But there's no official timeline yet for when those cameras would be installed if they are approved.